Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. You're listening to live from the path. We're coming from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston Prepper. This is Mike. It's nice to meet you. Hey. <laughs> okay. So I don't have any friends, Ben. No, no. Uh, uh, yeah, that's not my You're live from the path. Not my problem. I don't have any friends. <laughs> I'm your friend. No. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is awkward. Aren't you in like, okay. I used to think you were my friend. Apparently not. This is awkward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, okay, here's what we got going on the show tonight. Hey, so I got some bad news, boys. What? Uh, but, but Mike, did you stop anywhere on the way into the show tonight? I did not, no. So, the quick trip down the line. down the, So, if you the, 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 we broadcast here in Johnston. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get off the interstate at the Myrtle Hill exit. You could uh, you head north, like you're going to go into the where we're going to broadcast, and there's a quick trip right there. Yeah. I mean, this has been my, my, this has been my place. It's been a go-to place. I love it there. They they got they got roller dogs on the on the hilt. Uh, they got a fast uh, debit machine, right? So like when you go to pay for your goods, they don't even bother running at debit anymore. You just put the card in, it runs it automatically. Credit takes like two seconds. Yeah, they don't even care. They don't ask you to confirm the total. They no. don't ask you if you want money back. They don't ask you if you have a rewards program. It's They're pretty quick like, living. Ding. Yeah, you're it's in out. and out. They yeah. got uh, to be honest. It's hard to find a place that brew that has decaf on the brew this late at night. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They always got it. Uh-huh. They got decaf ready to go. All right. So what's the bad news? Uh, it's open for one more day. What? It's as of tomorrow. Two eighteen is the last day, and it's closed, and that's it. Oh, it's gonna be something else though. It's, are gonna, they, it's gonna be another. I thought it might be a quick start. Yeah, quick start. That's oh, it. okay. Whoa, now, really? Here's oh, we're, the deal. We're back in business. Quick boys. star is straight up all right. Yes, yeah, they are. Yeah, it's all a good right. joint. Uh, but but I will say that uh, I mean I many a night uh, either I've spent inside the quick trip or like we've run into folks outside the quick trip. <laughs> And uh, or we've been talking outside the quick trip like it's anyway, it was a good joint. And the, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you this about the quick trip. I don't know. I don't know how close you are to gas stations, but I would say this, that quick trip uh, was the was the first in line of the next generation of gas stations. They were the first guys to put uh, to uh, fully light the place. Everyone else was trying to get away with yellow lights or like two or three lights in the parking lot. Quick trip went lights are blazing. The city is up. Uh-huh. OK, now everybody's doing it. Everybody's on tap for it. Uh, except for Get and Go, Get and Go refuses to to reel. <laughs> I don't it in. know how Get and Go is still in business. I really they don't. are the worst gas station. They sell ever. three types of candy and one soda, and that's the, all that's in that store. I, I'm pretty sure their home office is Bogota. Like the only way that they're open, <laughs> hey, they're in Colombia. Here's the steal. Uh, uh, they still manually put in the prices. Yeah, they, they don't even have a scanner. They type really? in the prices every time, and they still tag them. When when little Debbie shows up uh, delivering her goods, they go. They oh, get that's true. Yeah. They do have the orange paper that yeah. stickers onto it. Even like the one in Ankeny? Yes. Yes. Everyone. It's like a new one. Yeah. They've, they've built brand new get and goes, <laughs> yes. and they still don't have a scanner. They still <laughs> manually type in all the prices. That's because Bertha's in charge of that yeah, part they, of the uh, corporation. They built a new building and then put employees from 1984 into it. <laughs> and they only, they only staff, they only staff one guy uh, in most get and goes. And so, like, when he has to poop, 
He writes a note. The guy that I get in Bondurant is super honest. He's like, I got to poop. Be back in five minutes. <laughs> Leaves a note right on the thing, and there you stand and wait till he's done in the number two area. That and most of the time, the guy who works there is the get-and-go's best customer. Yeah. It's the guy who buys the most cigarettes from the place, the guy who takes all the lighters, <laughs> and then every single one of the like the, the weird cigarellos that everybody knows what they do with That's it. That's right. Air fresheners exactly and bush light. They, yes. Yep. That's it. That's the guy. Hey, I'm Ted. <laughs> I'm missing out a big part of life. Uh, no. Actually, no. You're, no, the, no, you're, you're keeping a lot more money right in your wallet is yes, what you are. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so anyway, I will say this. To, to, uh, I think that the world has moved on without them. Everyone's picking up. But uh, to, to, my, to, my, uh, to my dollar, uh, Quick Trip uh, was the first to get, to get this thing right. Like they, they went fast, convenient. They did well lit. Uh, decent bathroom. Uh, places generally well stocked. Uh, all, and, the, and, and the first to try to start creating a lot of their own goods. Yeah. Uh, and now, again, Casey's, Casey's is, is um, uh, monopolizing. High, you got to high V gas. Uh, and then Quickstar. I mean, Quickstar is out of this world. It's yeah. a fantastic organization. I don't know how they do it. Like, no, I, they I don't confuse either. me. They've got like eight people on staff all the time. Right. I and like four of them are in the kitchen, and they'll bring you out exactly what you wanted. If they see you go for it and it's out, they'll like pop their head out and just be like, hey, man. I got that coming. It'll be two yeah. minutes. Fill the cheesesteak. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. I kind of don't like the Quick Star, though. Why, Dan? Dan, you should leave. I, I should. I should. Well, here's the deal. They've hurt me. What? They hurt me bad. How did they hurt you? What was it? Exo 204, I believe it is. I, I had a whole uh, series of gumball machines there, and uh, it was a good one. It, it, was, it, was a, it was worth the drive just to get those gumballs. Yeah. It was, it was good. And one day they called and said, hey, we want these out. I'm like, okay. And when I showed up, someone had thrown them away. Oh, no. What? Yeah. Ooh. I bet there's no recourse as a gumball man. Say, look, you owe me, you owe me 150 so? bucks. Talk to our corporate lawyer. Okay. Boy, I what? bet he would outschool you pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, this is Dan, the gumball guy. <laughs> and this is like, I mean, there's a whole hallway that was filled with, with all kinds of stuff and machines and stuff, and, and they just decided to get rid of everything. And uh, little, little boy me, I was one of them. Boy, that's too bad, actually. Man, yeah. I, don't I mean, it doesn't sour me on the quick star. But no, unfortunately, sour me. Yeah, yeah you, I, I mean, you were done wrong. That's yeah, certainly true. They owe me money. Okay. I'm, I'm going to get some gas and run off. <laughs> I'll show them. <laughs> All right, I could do that at Get and Go. They probably don't have video. For no, they don't. No, nope. nope. they got a, a guy out that, there with a. Yeah, there's just a dude that stands out by the gas, hey, and you. he's got a piece of paper and Stop a pen. It. And if he he if he by chance catches your license plate, then in a couple of months they'll call you. I'll leave by a note after when I drive off and say, "See Quickstar." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to start some weird gang war between the <laughs> oldest and worst gas station and possibly the new newfangled cool people. I'm pretty – so I, I went uh, – in, in, in Minneapolis, the Quick Star is called the Quick Trip, mm-hmm. uh, but it was with Ks. And so I drive to Minneapolis all the time. I ended up stopping this Quick Trip to get gas, and they, they were having a special on their donuts. And I'd never had a, a, a donut to Quick Star, uh, but they had like a dozen – or uh, six donuts – for uh, like 99 cents, yeah. some kind of gangbuster oh. special. Yeah, wow. absolutely. So I pick yeah. it up, and I'm like, I'm going to have one of these donuts. Death in a mean, box. One of them is like 80 cents, so I yeah. thought I should get that. I ate all six donuts absolutely. before the I got home. Yeah, the I dunkers. Mean, that was a mistake, but they were really good, <laughs> really good. Hey, man, I was in uh, eastern Indiana like five and a half hours ago, and I went to a place called Speedway, yeah. which oh, is yeah. the gas yeah, yeah. station out there. That They're place is there. terrifying. Yeah. That, was, that was a worse version of the get-go. Oh, really? It's like That's a Valero. <laughs> Valero's are yes. rough. Oh, my gosh. I, isn't there only one of those left in Des Moines? Yeah. I like think it's they randomly go over through and put in, like, yellow shades <laughs> in the lights just to add it to more. <laughs> to it creep. looks like you just got on parole. 
right? Like you, you get out to get gas, and you're just you're just on fresh on parole, and you're hanging around all your old friends. That's what Valero feels like. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. I don't even know about this place. I didn't even know it was. Oh, I I didn't know it was open and running when I went past there, and it was almost out of gas, and went in there the one time in my entire life, and I was like, I think I'd rather run out of gas. Yeah, um, yeah. Where's this at? The Val- there's a Valero still, I think, um, over on the east side. Yeah, there's one on Easton. Yeah, Easton. Yep. That's exactly what it right is. Over, over on Easton by the old Kmart. Yep. It's where they have like the... Yeah. Uh, Just the, in the street from the Kmart. The, the non-packaged beef jerky box. <laughs> you know? <laughs> where, where you lift open the lid and take yes. beef jerky oh, out yeah, of it. Yeah. It's like, oh. I'm sorry, whose meth head's oh. hands been in there? Like, that's terrifying. <laughs> oh. I don't, I'm going to contract the all the heps yeah. from just putting my hand in there and grabbing the meat stick. Yeah. It's so, yeah. a terrible decision. I didn't realize... We must be at the height of cold and flu season, right? I tried to... I, this lady I was I was talking to today, I had to fill out this form, and she gave me the piece of paper, and she had a pin in her hand, you know? So I take the piece of paper, and I try to grab the pin out of her hand, and she won't let it go. And I thought, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I put the girly arm on it, and i got to re-grab it. <laughs> so I go back after it. She goes, oh, you'll be using your own pin. It's the height of cold and flu season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, that, that was embarrassing. That is <laughs> Excuse me, can I get that pen? Absolutely not. No, you can't. You this walking even, cesspool. This is even better. So they give me a they give me a security badge to be at this place, you know. And I go through this whole rigmarole. It takes like a 45 minutes, an hour. And I get the badge, and, and I say, okay, this badge will open doors, right? I just need to be able to get these couple places. And she goes, oh, yeah, it, it, it'll work, but it won't work until you get your flu sticker on there, your cold and flu sticker. Or that said you had a flu shot for this year. I'm like, the what? Yeah, the, the flu sticker. It has to be on there, otherwise the card won't work. And I go, what kind of fancy sticker is this? Like, has it got biometrics in it, like a magnetic sticker? And so she shows me an example. It's a regular sticker. So I don't know whether she's been lied to or she's lying to me. But that sticker doesn't do nothing, you know? you got to be dumb in a box of rocks to believe that just a regular sticker is going to make something work. Yeah, so being hey, when uh, you're a kid, a sticker does magic. I, I mean, totally should have put, like, a gold star on the back of it. Be like, i got a sticker now. I totally bypassed the sticker. I went right back to what I was doing, and I was able to get indoors, and I thought, I ain't going to no sticker, lady. Yeah. <laughs> nope. That's phenomenal. All right, so uh, here's, here's, here's what I heard this week. I was listening to a, to a podcast, and I don't catch a lot, but there was, um, there was an interview with uh, Derek Webb. Do you, guys, do you guys remember who that is? He was, he, a, he was the guy that was that, that he's renounced Christianity, right? He was, uh, a, he was a Christian music guy, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. Oh, yeah. He was a Christian dude. He was in Caden's Call, and then he was – and, like, um, th- th- there was a lot of his music that I, that I really liked. Um, and he's one of those guys who felt like he could talk about the church honestly. Now, here's the risk. Every time you find a guy who feels like he can talk about the church honestly, uh, I'd say half them guys end up bailing on the church because they can't handle th- – there's a power in saying, hey, man, we're not doing this well. Uh, even if you're right, you become uh, self-aggrandized, a prophet in your own eyes, right? And so um, – Whatever happens to this dude, it, like he ends up getting di- getting divorced, and then uh, again, with, I don't I don't know the man, uh, but either it's part of that or an outfall of that, whatever. He he ultimately leaves the Christian faith. Um, he calls it deconstruction, like losing the, the, the all the all the faith and stuff that you build out up over time. You've constructed into a way that you deal with the world and your um, the, the way that you see things. And deconstruction is trying to basically get rid of all those things that have piled on top of you to get down to the real you. False premise. Right, like the real you can't believe in the Lord, uh, but in either case, it's 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 that, that's kind of the deal. So anyway, I, I was listening to uh, he did an interview with a group of folks who, who were basically in the same bucket. They're all deconstruction folks, and uh, there were some interesting things that he was talking about that I thought um, I, I, I'm interested to hear what you guys think because one of the things that he comes off as is excuse me is super enlightened. 
because his basic deal is he'll say, look, I don't, I don't care if you're a Christian. I, do, I mean, what would I care? I don't, you know, if, if, if that's what you believe and that changes and it makes a difference in the world and what causes you to do otherwise good things, why would I care uh, that you're a Christian? He goes, I, I don't have, um, one of the things that he says he's given up is, is really just certainty. Um, so like, I'm willing to believe things, um, but I, I just, he, he feels like he won't ever have certainty again, um, on, um, on, on either faith related things or a lot of, a lot of different stuff. Um, and so what that kind of sounded like, if you guys remember some of the, uh, the stuff that we've seen from the Barna group on like the rise of the nuns, this actually of like people who don't have a religious affiliation, this seems a little bit different to me because it's, it's a, it's a sense of a spiritual spirituality, but it's not one. It's totally undefined. Um, and it's, and it sounds super agreeable, super libertarian, right? I, I don't care what you think. That's, that's totally fine. As long as it's not harming anybody else, like we're totally cool with this, um, and uh, so, so my, my question is to this is, uh, one, I, I think it's answerable, but I'm interested in what you guys think. But secondly, what, what is the impact? What, what, are the, what are the earthly consequences of someone going, uh, b- being spiritually libertarian, saying, look, I, I don't care what, it, what, you, what you believe. Uh, I'm open to it. I'm cool if you're cool. Um, what, 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 it seems to me that there's earthly consequences to that, even if I remove... Uh, their personal salvation or something like that. So, like, well, I, I don't know. What, what do you react to when you hear something like that? I mean, broad strokes would be, and, and th- of course this is coming from our worldview, right? But, like, if I believe that there's a creator God who made the world to run in a certain way or uh, or knows the way that it runs best, and then I say, I don't care whether you participate in God's design for the world, um, then I'm basically saying I don't care that this world runs best. And frankly, that there is even a best, right? Like what kind of – we don't have a moral authority to agree on. Um, then, I mean, it really is to say – like it seems like someone would be lax about that if, if like, hey, I don't care if you're a Hindu or a Buddhist. But what if you're a Hindu who murders people? Now I kind of care, right? Like what if, what if I say I don't care if you're an extreme Islamist? Right, like who terrorizes people? Uh, you act like it's like it's okay as long as people are still within a certain reasonable bounds that is commonly accepted. Right, like if we're not killing each other, if we're not promoting stealing for each other, or um, it's okay to make yourself better than somebody else as long as you don't actually hurt the person or whatever. So, like, it's easy to say that as long as it's backed up by the context that it's still within this set of boundaries that we're going to accept. Right, because put on its true face that says, "I don't really care what you believe. If you're cool, I'm cool." Um, so your quote religion or whatever believes that it's okay to just take whatever you want, have 17 wives, even if one of them don't belong to you, and then kill a guy. And so you don't actually believe that. You're you're sacrificing all reasonable thought um, and reasonable morality because you want to be enlightened. Right, and and. I don't think you can have that both ways. You can't have the assumed fence. The fence is kind of drawn from the creator. We have the fence at all because the creator instituted the the fence when he created it, right? And so, like, yeah, we've strayed from it um, to various degrees as the world has gotten, um, has aged. uh, But most of that uh, moral fence that exists is because God put a thin black line in the middle in the first place. And so without that at all, um, I find it really hard for you to say that you can uh, just accept what everybody else is doing because um, they're still operating within those guidelines. 
Yeah, I, I, it's it's difficult um, to bail on this this objective. Let, let's just here's the thing: it, it, to, to bail on objective, you're ultimately bailing on objective truth. Because to just say, well, you believe what you believe and I will be, believe what I will believe implies that my belief never expresses itself in some form of reality, right? Like you say, oh, like what do you do? An article I shared with the fellows this week because I, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, Francis Chan was in um, uh, Myanmar. Myanmar, right? And uh, he, he said there were people – he was there to, to, to talk to people about Jesus and there were people that were healed, like young children that were healed and like multiple – that were healed by his touch, laying his hand on and praying. And this is Francis Chan. It's not like he's been unsuccessful or that you wouldn't say, the man appears to be living a faithful life to Jesus. And he goes, this is the first time I've ever even seen anything like this. <laughs> Never happened in my life, right? 50, 52 years old. Right. So, so here's the thing. Take that for what it is, but there are people, there's a blind kid in Myanmar who's no longer blind. What Francis Chan believes about Jesus Christ has an objective reality to it. Mm-hmm. What happened with that kid? I, here's the, I thought I was driving. I was thinking about that story yesterday. I almost called the newspaper. That seems like a 1960s thing to do. But like, <laughs> but but what I thought was is I was going to pose as someone who was outraged that he was telling these falsehoods, so that they would go investigate it and come back and go, "We have no explanation for this." <laughs> I thought that would be fantastic because it's it's this type of thing. Like when we talk about the conversations about the reality of 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 Jesus and the nature of faith. Um, these types of things are happening, and like that's a be a heck of a story for someone to go investigate and go look. Man, I tried to disprove this thing, but the freaking kid was blind; he's no longer blind. And the only thing that we know happened was a man who loves and serves Jesus has has no no inkling of going there for riches or whatever. Uh, and, and, and the situation changed. And so the point being is when we take our hands off and say, "Oh, I don't care if you believe in your fake God as long as I can believe in my fake God," but the thing that I believe has an objective reality. Right. And so you can't just dismiss that as if it's just a matter of personal preference. And the truth is, is that when people are representing that, like, I'm cool, uh, I, I, I live on a bucket of maybes. I don't live on any certainty. I'm like, well, well, what the heck, man? I think you're being disingenuous. How does that make your wife feel? <laughs> yeah, I love you. I mean, maybe. I don't like to get into this certainty bucket. You don't need to love me. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and, and so here's the thing. You are certain about some things. There are some things of which you feel very strongly, of which would cause you to react in one way or another, to defend something one way or another. Like, it's, it, it, it's just in the nature of the conversation about God. I am okay. I'm okay with, with an I don't know because I think Jesus is cool with someone seeking, someone searching for that information. Um, but, like, there, there's, a, there's an implicit judgment, especially when someone leaves Christianity um, and looks at this and goes, oh, you've, you fools have been, been – clumped into this for so long and i've deconstructed the thing um and and i get it like just because you don't act that way like there is a there's a piousness when 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 people leave the faith and they look back um but your their piety is in their own their own belief system right that like oh at least i'm not cut up believing that same thing that you people still believe even if it produces good things in your life i'm glad about that but boy it doesn't take that for me and so you still believe in something. It's just your moral system is guided by you. You're just not submitting to something bigger. You're like, well, I won't be controlled by this particular set of mores or laws or whatever anymore. Right. Uh, and so if it's just, as long as I feel like you're just, and generally where people end up is like, as long as you're not harming another human. I mean, gray area, bud. Think of all, I mean, yeah, b- people yeah. totally misinterpret what it is to harm another person. The, the standard of, of Jesus is pretty high. Uh, most other religions are pretty iffy. Uh, on what I would consider on how you're able to treat other people. There's nothing that's, that talks about the levels of forgiveness and self-sacrifice and humility than Christianity. And so 
Uh, here, if it's wrong, then I'm okay with it being objectively wrong. I've not seen it. But, but I, we, I think you just, it's just disingenuous to act like what we believe can be totally disassociated from objective reality. I, it is not a fact. It's just not true. So, so when I was a kid, my uh, parents used to make milk toast. And uh, that's probably from them being like Depression era people. Yeah. And uh, so they would make toast and then they'd rip it into little pieces, put it in a bowl. They'd heat up milk, warm milk, and they'd pour warm milk over it, a little sugar over it. And um, I'd take a couple bites, and it was actually kind of kind of tasty. It was good. I mean, it's, you know, it's sugar bread, right? And so when, when the bread was still a little bit crispy, you know, so for about 45 seconds, uh, there, there, it was, it was, it was kind of fun. And, but after that, it's just a big bowl of slime with little lumps in it uh-huh. where, where it's not yeah. all been slimized, you know? Gross. I think that... That, that's where this guy lives. That, that's where he lives in the, in in that bowl of slime. The he slimy just milk toast. Yeah, what? The <laughs> slimy milk toast. The slimy milk toast. Because I mean, it, although it was fun once in a while as a kid, it's like I, I, I sometimes I want a French fry or or I want something crispy or I want you know an onion ring or a steak or something. And, and if you're these guys are living in the milk toast, that's all they. It's like oh yeah, whatever. It's all just gushy. Yeah, and, and that gets gross really quick. I I, I couldn't live there. You know, I, I was actually thinking about that when you were bringing it up, is, is do you think that the nuns, the, the segment of people that have said, I just don't, none, I don't know, you know, I'm, I just have no idea, I'm not associating with any of this, do you think some of that comes from the multiple sources of what people get information anymore and their, their mistrust of where it's coming from? Like, the church has just become swept up in, a, in what is a normal problem for us, because, like, I can tell you right now, I don't have one news source that I trust. I think they all screwed with me. I don't think anybody's actually telling me the truth or or at least the whole story, right? Like, they'll give me, like, 75% and then leave 25% out to let it go either way that they wanted it to go, right? And so, like, just as being an organization that passes information, uh, is it possible that, like, everybody's skeptical of everything that they hear anymore because they're assuming you have an angle, right? They know that walking in, if someone were coming to your church, they know that your angle is to get them to come with you, Right? And, like, so they automatically mistrust the fact that you have an angle. And so, like, the deconstructionist guys are, are, are looking to, for, for a, a plateau to take on other nuns and go, I don't have an angle. I don't need an angle. I'm not asking you to do anything or go anywhere. So it, and, but the thing is, is, like, the deconstruction, like, that thought process there, people who don't have an angle don't give a crap about you. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, that is the definition of a bad parent. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have to teach you to do anything. I'm not worried whether you do well in school. I'm not worried whether whether you're whether you have good manners or whether you follow Jesus or whether you tell lies. Uh, you just kind of do whatever you want. I'll be okay if you're okay. You're a terrible parent, and and you're also a terrible human being if you don't care enough about somebody to make sure that they're do- not doing something wrong or stupid. Uh, th- then you're living a completely intrinsic lifestyle, right? And maybe that's the downfall. Right, like if 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 everybody's okay as long as they're not bothering me and I'm not bothering you, that basically shows a legitimate. I don't give a crap about you. Hey, man, and and if I'm to believe uh, most of what I see coming either out of social media, uh, even even modern news outlets, uh, especially around sociology and psychology, freaking no one is under the impression that they're okay. And so your live and let live type of business, where it says, well, I've got my moral high ground here. And uh, I assume that you got your ship under control. As a matter of fact, that is the that's the one thing that continues to to um, I, uh, hit me probably once every three months. Is is often I look out in the world and I'm like, uh, I mean, these people have been exposed to the same information I've been exposed to. 
uh, and they're just making they're making their choice based upon that. That's ridiculous. It's not true. Uh, the vast majority of people that I know, and this is even religion aside, have come to a conclusion uh, that has not been an informed decision. They're, 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 they're not, they don't check into things. They've not really studied it. They had, uh, whatever, Boove asked me a question this week about uh, some, someone's protest against a house church. And I, was, I thought it was embarrassing, this protest. It was, it was stupid. No one had even thought, like, and that's not even because I run a house church. It's because I looked at it and go, that's not even close to biblically sound. Did you put two thoughts into it at all? Right. And so, like. You saw a word. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Everyone goes to the temple. So, I mean, your house churches are ridiculous. I'm like, you go to the temple, friend? I thought not. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so, uh, but, the, but the point was is that, like, people hold all kinds of opinions that are not grounded in any sense of, of e- research. Even on what they wear. I mean, n- no yeah. one researches jeans. They just go, hey, people think these are cool. Yeah, yeah right. I'll spend Only 150 find bucks out. on it. And then here comes, like, Johnny Dugood, or like six months later, I'm like, oh, you bought Levi's jeans? Le- you know, Levi's funds abortion. Oh, man, what? <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> what am I going to do? I mean, what, do I got to research? Oh, yeah, you know they test that on animals? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just bought a shirt, and I'm like, look, it fits me. And they're like, yeah, that company promotes murdering Ugandans. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You know, I had no idea. <laughs> so it, it's, that's the thing is that, like, it is, it is a callous thing to look out into the world and go, yeah, boy, I, I respect you enough to leave you to your own devices. Like, I get it. it, it's, it, it they're, they're fighting it. They're hedging against an opposite risk, which is someone looks out on the world and goes, I'm way better than you. Wait till I change your life. And to the extent that, that a Christian has been, um, has been the person who's propagating that, shame on them. That's not following Jesus. And so, fine, let's agree to that. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you look out to the world and you see people who have a genuine need, me included, and don't go, boy, I would do whatever I can to bring help to that. And I can only help with true things. Like, no one wants you to show up to a group of starving children and tell them lies about food you don't have. So, like, now, spiritual hungry people, people who, are, who have a sense of loss or who, who don't know whether this is real or not, why the heck would I show up and go, yeah, look, I mean, I don't even know if this is objectively true. It's just what I feel in my tinglers. And maybe you could feel it in your tinglers, too, and then we can tingler together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, there's an objective reality to it. Like, it's just so, it's so goofy. I, I just think it's disingenuous. And what it makes it sound to, to people who have that conversation, it makes it sound that you're just so loving and enlightened because you wouldn't want to press anything on anybody. And here's the deal. I, I, we're not dragging anybody into heaven. Jesus is inviting people in to live with him forever. If that is not a good proposition to you, there are alternatives. Yeah. Uh, however... I'm certainly, to the extent that my fallible human heart, often doubting, often uh, who needs help in his unbelief, will still say, look, from everything that I know and have seen, freaking kids are getting, getting healed in Myanmar, and lives are being changed, and the personal presence of God himself I have felt and known in my life, and it's validated time after time. And so... I tell you what, I don't know everything about the world, but I can tell you what I know, and this is what I know, and it's objectively true. And at least let's deal with that as opposed to, as opposed to putting on the same level your tinglers versus something that is otherwise um, borne out in objective reality. That's where I get frustrated because I think, I think it's intentionally it's made, it sound, it's made to sound pious on the opposite side, and I think at, at, at its best it's disingenuous. But I'll tell you something interesting about the conversation because, as uh, as is his deal, he said a number of things that were that were super true, and I thought were pretty relevant because he said one of the one of the things uh, he was talking about worship artists, and he said, you know, you'd be surprised at how many of those people don't um, 
their, li- their faith is a lot more complicated than what their songs sound like or what they do on stage. She said, you know, but people come for a, a, an experience from them and their songs, and so they meet and people get a good experience from it. And I'm like, I don't like that, but it's probably true. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, what kind of person has to tell, like, um, I, you tell, it's just like the, like, like the Gospels, right? Like they're, they're formed in a way for a reason. They're organized the way that they are, you know, for, to, 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 to tell a particular story, right? Like no one, no one writes oceans and goes, sometimes I'm below the waves and I don't come up. And I see the boat and I don't care about the boat. And I stay down there anyway because <laughs> I'm angry when oceans rise. Right? Like, <laughs> that's not why that song was written. There's plenty of honest songs out there that say, look, I, I'm a stubborn sinner who doesn't understand the boat, you know? And the boat keeps showing up, and I am awed that it comes back even when I throw graffiti at it and garbage, and I say, I don't want your stupid boat, yet the boat returns, and I get on it, right? Like, there's plenty of other things that are like that, but, like, some of the songs he's talking about, they're worship songs. They're songs, they're all true things about God, despite coming from imperfect people. You don't have to asterisk every line in a worship song (laughs) to make it valid. Right? Like, Amazing Grace. Not to me. I don't deserve it. I think it's terrible, and actually, I don't listen to it all the time. How sweet the sound when I hear it, when I'm not putting my fingers in my ears and sitting like I do all the time. Right? Like, th- that's not necessary. No, okay. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, and I think, frankly, what, where, where it's right is that it's the risk of a broad scale, uh, of not, uh, not close congregation influence of... of of song and teaching it's not wrong it's just it's the risk of it right like you don't get to sit uh in a in a, in a close space um to have the context of their everyone of their life or their thought process that go into the song i don't think it's necessary actually because to, to the truth the fact that it's valid that it's a true thing it properly reflects god that they you could have you could have uh like the, the, think of the most outrageous person in your life and you're like who who doesn't love jesus at all if they wrote a song that was true about jesus i don't I don't feel like I have any constraint of singing it. If it's accurate, what do I care? That's the thing. I'm super <laughs> interested in the list he's talking about, right? Like, because I, I mean, I know a lot of Jesus tunes. I know a lot of uh, Christian music in general, and most of them paint God uh, correctly and themselves correctly. Like, I don't hear a lot of songs glorifying the guy, right? It's always worship to God. No, I think the, his point is to say um, he, the writing songs that otherwise fall into line with mainstream Christian theology, but their belief system is much more complicated. Here's the, I mean, whatever, take a guess. It's probably a matters of sexuality, probably matters of government and government structure. Like, it's... It, Whatever the, the 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 brand of is he trying to say that like the world's more complicated than the Christian music is making it out to be or I don't understand I don't understand I think the point you say they're he, they're not your typical Christian like you think they are yeah, yeah correct so, yeah, yeah so ultimately the people that are writing these songs they may say these this in their songs they may seem devout yeah. and like they believe everything that's in their songs but when it comes to their actual faith and their actual belief systems it's not as cut and dry as their songs like make Rich it Mullins seem like was it basically is. an alcoholic you yeah. know and struggled but he was pretty vocal about mm-hmm. it and and. Yeah, fallible people wrote most of of everything so far, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like, you like the will... Psalms were were up and down constantly. Yeah, this, this, right. Yeah. The Show Psalms... me anything out of David yeah, and exactly. go, hey man, this guy Bring was no. right. Yeah, exactly. The Psalms that exalt <laughs> God to who exactly who He was and yeah. tell exactly who He was towards His enemies, towards us, and towards things like that. They're not lost because David was a messed up guy. Yeah. So I think the I think the distinction, if he's trying, if he's, if I can help him make it, is. Um, uh, there's a difference between an open and honest David 
uh, and uh, Fanny Crosby. Yeah, and so you have to read David's entire work right, yeah, to exactly. get that, though. Yes. Which is, the, I think, is the point: is that the context, um, the, the, so, some of what which which our modern means of taking in information allows us um, to, to not. We're not likely to get the whole context. Oh, now, here's the thing: I don't. Again, I, I'm not sure that I care. Yeah. Um, but but I think the point is is that like you know um, what seems like a universality and what people believe is a lot more complicated than that. But here's the thing: I don't know anybody that's met any Christian anywhere that doesn't have the semblance that people are a lot more complicated than that. Right. And right, why is right. the onus not on the guy listening? Right? Like if you right now, if you think that there aren't anybody at, on the Bethel worship team that smokes, drinks, or struggles with pornography, you're an idiot. Right. You're I was an just going to bring yeah. that up because there's a lot of pushback against Bethel right now. That's right. Right. Because they're they're they are false doctrine in their church. Yep. But gosh, some of their worship songs are pretty nifty. Yeah. You know, and exalt God. <laughs> and, and right, and to the That's extent that they're lingo. nifty, they're to, really nifty. To the Man, extent they that they're true, music. they really tingle my spine. I was going to call the paper. <laughs> um, so to yeah, and to the extent that that's uh, that was always been my thought with with places like Bethel and Hillsong, like yeah. to the extent that the song, the song, accurately re- reflects God and accurately reflects humanity. Uh, whatever I'm not in the middle of whatever sorting that stuff out, right, but right. I don't find any reason to boycott true th- boycott true things about God simply because they came from uh, sinful people who are probably misguided. Like no, I think to, to his point, I think I, I would understand that considering the fact that like when we uh, to call it mainstream Christianity, um, we deify a lot of the people that are involved in churches. We deify pastors that are our big name pastors. We deify the people that are the worship band leaders and all this kind of stuff. That's all we know their names. Well, isn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, how many of those stories end up in a oh no? But yeah, absolutely. I I can understand that entirely. If we if we look to them as they are more important than the Christ that they offer then of course they're going to be in situations where people will constantly believe that their belief system is infallible and they are constantly in a place where they're not human. That person runs a megachurch. There's no way that person sins. Or that person wrote that amazing grace song, even though that was like 200 years ago. Um, you know, There's no way that person sins. I can totally see where he, the, the person's coming from to make that argument that mainstream people or big people that we would expect to have great faith that, that don't waver in any way, shape, or form are some of the most interesting people when it comes to their belief systems. But, so uh, I get where he's coming from with that and trying to make that like his, a, a, an argument that relates that he's not alone. Well, sure. But I think that would be the point, though, is that like, yeah. uh, I, I'm not surprised that nobody in this room is particularly surprised to find out that that, that would be true. I, th- I think that's a, a, a tough lesson to learn, though. And maybe it's, yeah, everybody has to learn it at a certain time. Like, I, it, I, I was pretty naive in the very beginning of Christian music. I, I, you know, I remember Amy Grant and that she was one of the first... I mean, there were some before her, but, you know, really mainstream artists. And, man, it hit me hard when I heard she had an affair. And, like, I just kind of gave up on her. It's like, no, you're not you're not a Jesus person, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. because look at what you've done. You, yeah, you know, and, and th- there's this – I was that guy. I was yeah. that guy. I put her on a pedestal. I mean, yeah. she's representing yeah, exactly, me. She yeah. represents my faith. She's a great spokesman to the whole world. And no, you're not, you know. And right. That was a big blow. And I suppose every generation has to figure that out yeah. with, with their current – Contemporary, yeah, absolutely, right, right. We think uh, we think we got this new set that learned from the past, but the truth is, I mean, people have been doing these types of behaviors for thousands of years. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) well, like like my my girls were were just shocked. Who was the comedian we talked about? John Christ. Oh, John Christ. Yeah, 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 just Uh like. No, no, not him. Come I mean, on. They were, uh, right, exactly. The whole concept of the not him or not her is is, yeah. is where we get wrapped yeah, up. Yeah, is the No, there's no way that you, person... You know? yeah. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the absolute problem, yeah. is, is we put our faith in the, in the people rather than the Christ they're bringing. Uh, it's, it's tough, too, right? Because there's nothing wrong with finding... Because 
It's it's somebody that is on the earth right now that you can relate to, that you can look at and go, wow, I feel like they're following, they're doing this right. This right. Yeah. I at least have something to look at and compare against and see what's what. Like it's not like you can't source that from the Bible, but like when you see a guy, yeah, of course, doing it, you know, that lives next door to you, you're like. Heck yeah! I, I would, you know, yeah, it's great. Too. Yeah, I would we be devastated be. to find out that Red and Collective, as an example, were like something was up. Agreed. I would right. be devastated. Yeah, I think I probably got a list of like three or four people that that follow Jesus like around me. That like, if if I were to find out something iffy, I would go, oh man! Like I I I, I pulled a little strength from them, right? Like never gave them like the, Jesus's right. whole robe, right? right, right. right? But like, right. but like, you could always check back in. Yeah. And Francis Chan is always giving up a mega church and moving to like the poorest country <laughs> in Africa. You know, and you're like, yes, okay, this is alive. This is well. This is not yeah. me seeing Jesus where he isn't. This my faith is alive and it's action and God is moving and like good. I always thought that was true about God, but it's just nice to be reminded that God is out doing things through other people. And I don't think it's a problem to get emotionally invested in that and have that stake within that person and go, yeah, that's cool to see here. Right. I, I think when, when people draw that line, it becomes, well, they are what I have faith in versus Jesus. That's the problem. And right. I don't think you guys are running into that. I think it, it's perfectly understandable to go, hey, they write great music. They, they seem like they're doing great. I check in on them. Francis Chan is again in the old town Siam, right? Like that's that's... That's a cool thing to go on, but then it, it, people take that much further than you guys do. Well, people take that much further, and then it becomes uh, a stumbling block for themselves with their faith because their faith is in that person rather than Jesus. And that's—I mean—that's in the Bible. That's not—that's a problem to have that situation where we don't have—we uh, have faith in in the man versus the the God behind him. I wonder if part of this is we we all in this room have a, a kind of a shepherd's mind or a shepherd's heart, mm -hmm. and and the sheep don't, and and the sheep they just. You know, I would, yeah. Everyone in this room, I would say, is a lot more enlightened than what I would call the checkbox Christian. Yeah, the person I mean, that says, "I mean, oh, I, I don't, geez, Bubba, I mean, that really sounds real pompous." I don't, no. I, I don't, I don't mean to. <laughs> well, you know, here, better, here, better than you, okay. I like to say. Here's the deal. <laughs> I, I, I think it's okay to say a true thing without it being pompous. I mean, that was I exactly what a pompous man would say. Yeah, you're right, and that's fine. <laughs> I mean, like I've never understood, like how how does uh, let's say the rock band setting how how does the girl went i had a girlfriend who just would have loved to have op opportunity to have sex with some famous band guy and i'm like you don't even know the dude and you're like because right. you like his song like oh it's the whatever player you know i want to be with them it's like what you know and we, i realize it's a whole different thing but it's right. like even in the christian world we're like oh not that i want to do that but i want to boy i just want to i connect with them at such yeah, a high level it's like you right. don't even know i them. want them to know me yeah right? yeah, yeah. And then I'm highly disappointed. I mean, like, I was disappointed with the Bill Hybels thing, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, you built a monster that wasn't really a Jesus. I mean, it wasn't really a scriptural thing. Right. Uh, you, you know, uh, it's a disappointment from, you know, how many people he let down, but how, should he have let that? I mean, is it that big of a shock? Uh, right. You know, right. but then that comes from our perspective. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a guy... Right, what well, he's he's not the only guy I've ever met, right? That's walked away from Christianity and yeah. said, "I finally see this for what it is," and and the truth of the matter is, is generally it's rooted in, um, I want more of me. I want more of me in this. I want more of my perspective on this thing, right? Like, like and 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 the all the the true things that that they thought they understood about God, um, they decided could be better replaced with what they've been thinking over the last year, right? Like. 
I mean, let, let's be honest. You believe this thing for 35 years, and then year 36, something happened. And you've gone, well, from the information I've collected over the last year, I've now shifted my gaze to the right. And then everything on the left looks stupid now. And so it's a, it's a little disingenuous to say uh, it's uh, it's arrogant, kind of what it is, right? Like I, I mean, we're looking at a at a religion just on on a fact based you know basis uh, that has been around of thousands of years. People are willing to die for it, and you cancel all that out in one year of trouble and woe. Mostly I'm, I'm because tired of faking it. Uh, mostly because yeah, yeah. you inj- interjected sin into your life and decided that you were tired of of holding yourself to account. You were tired of, of putting it up on the altar and said, you know what, I'm just tired of feeling bad about this. And so I'm just going to continue to do it over Which, here and then discredit everything up to this point. Which is interesting because like, I, th- I think that actually points to um, so the nefariousness that does exist within the church where people feel like there is not – that the church is not for them. With, with things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that's as true as most atheism attempts to make it sound, nor people that are just generally upset with the church. Broadly, I think uh, a, a lot of the church is getting this right. But, like, you don't hear from the people where it's getting right. Um, but, like, I, is there is it true that there are places um, in Christianity where um, where Amy Grant, Amy Grant has an affair and we go, we're done? I mean... No, whatever, Dan. I'm not, not. But like, I mean, you get it right. Like the, the yeah. reaction is, is like, I'm so disappointed in this, uh, and especially with people who have some sense of stature. And um, did did, are, did we leave people room to be human, mm-hmm. not in allowing them and celebrating the fact that they are fallible human, but basically agreeing with God's perspective on their humanity. And, like, is that something that Christianity needs to be careful of? Yes. And the reason, um, it depends on the person, but a lot of times we get bundled up in that because I look at a Bill Hybels and I go, what the heck, man? You poison the name of Jesus who, for people who are looking for ammo, right? If there was an opportunity for someone, um, for every kid that gets healed in Myanmar uh, that, that two people might be able to hear about, two million people saw in the Washington Post that Bill Hybels uh, abused his pastoral position in a mega church touched a lady and propositioned himself uh, to people who didn't want it while being married and and running a pastor and a giant leadership conference. And so, yeah, you know what? I'm kind of pissed at you. And uh, your humanity really sucks right now. One, because uh, you've took that upon yourself. You're arrogant. Uh, And then two, uh, I thought it looked like we were making gains over here. It looked like we were making some headway. Now, that's the part where my anger is not justified because they're not my gains. They're gods to handle. There's a reality to that man's sin and what he's done to other people. Um, we, we should be able to bury his story by the millions of acts of kindness and love and faithfulness to God and, and showing ah, of Jesus to the world. That and, and is we're a not, great point. We don't do that. Well, he, I mean, it, it won't play, but here's the deal. It's the, same, it's the same way I solve welfare. You don't want the government handing out money. People, you should try to go to a street corner and put $500 in the air and go, government handed money, and they're like, you know what? We're covered. The church loves us. The Christian's already been here. Yeah, they've already been through. Nobody wants you here. Yeah, that's how you get the government out of stuff. And, and frankly, this is how you handle the Bill Hybels problem and you handle all the other issues that we're worried about that like I might be get really upset about and feel like we lost, like we were making some gains because we had a, a cool person doing cool things, and then it failed, and I'm upset. But like, they're not my gains, uh, and there's a way to overwhelm this problem, and it's, it's by getting off your, your tukas. Yeah. I, 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 maybe that's the point of the night. 
the point of the night is, is like the highballs don't make a big deal if the rest of Christianity is out there whooping tail. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. not what's happening. Right? Like, we find people to get behind, and they were like, good, somebody's rocking. It's because we freaking outsourced to Hybels. Yeah. Like, that's what we did. We outsourced to the mega church pastor. We outsourced to the worship leader in the band and whoever was coming through town. And we said, boy, I support them because of what they're doing for Jesus. And, like, here's, here's what would happen is, is if you're discipling people, right? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident this is true. Of, of people that I've spent any significant discipling relationship with, they hear this thing about Bill Hybels. They don't go, oh, man, maybe this Christianity thing is bogus or maybe it perverts people or, like, how did the church even permit this? They go, boy, that's not Christianity. Right? right? It would not occur to them. Right. That's humanity. <laughs> that's right. Like, oh, I get that. I'm, I might even be susceptible to those types of things because I'm a human. Pray for that guy and let the Lord keep marching. Like, that's the thing. But if we're not overwhelming the masses with our boldness because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the true uh, and the reality of Jesus Christ and his saving grace for you, like, if that's the context that is not getting out there, then it's easy to let the Bill Hybels brush point a, uh, paint a picture. And it's false. Or Amy Grant. Or, God forbid, Red Collective. Don't say <laughs> it, Ben. Yeah, Red Collective will not fall. <laughs> Red Collective, Timmons, and the dudes from the Bible Project. They're going to sail on to glory. <laughs> <laughs> Come take them away, Lord Jesus. And Jeff Arendale. And Jeff Arendale. And Jeff Arendale. <laughs> uh, if oh. he ever releases a CD with a song he's played in studio. <laughs> Victory is not on this one. Yeah. Yeah. You know how many people were disappointed? My uh, wife goes, that one's really not on a CD? I'm like, classic Arendale. He puts out a tune everybody loves. It'll come out in three years. I was going to say, four EPs from now, we'll see Victory. Dang yeah. it, Arendale. Yeah, he, yeah, he his, yeah, his album's aged like a, like a fine lard. It's <laughs> like good for a, a bit. Fine lard? And then you, gotta, you can't keep it anymore. That's I've disgusting. never you're looking two words in the same. You're looking to swap it out for something else. Here's the deal: you are winning tonight. You said tinglers, and now a fine lard. I have a way. Uh, so anyway, I thought. So I I brought that up. Oh wait, one of the things he said that I that I thought um, that, that that resonated with me is he said he, he ends up talking to Christians a lot uh, because again he, he comes from that world. He still he's got good friends and whatever. His wife's a Christian. Weird. Uh, like uh, that had to be an interesting uh, union. And so, um, but but uh, one of the things he said was, I get to talking to a lot of Christians, and what I'm finding is that um, they've reconciled things uh, about God or about Jesus, or about, probably more specifically about the Bible, because that's generally where people's critique, they don't want to blame Jesus, they want to blame the, the, the word. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and he said, look, uh, do you know how many Christians are, are basically worshiping their own version of God? And I'm like... That's probably true. Mm-hmm. That's probably true where, like, there are things he goes, you know, I, the, like, that your version of Christianity sounds great, but, like, I, I don't actually see how it reconciles with Scripture. And uh, that's true. I know a lot of people who believe a Christianity that I can't reconcile with Scripture that is more um, uh, palpable to someone in, uh, who, who's in the maybes or in the nuns category because the God's not offensive. He doesn't demand any type of loyalty. He doesn't really restrict anything that you do. If you love and, and you love who and uh, you love other people and we all love each other, then generally it's not really a big deal. And so uh, that's the thing. I, I think that is a fair critique. Um, and I think that's where you, uh, why it's important for you to take the scripture in as a whole. Because here's the deal. I, I think you're at least being honest if you go, look, I cannot, I do not want to follow this God. That's at least honest. 
Um, but like it, a lot of that's based upon you know classic uh, antagonist tropes about uh, things God did in the Old Testament or inconsistency or like I don't I think he hates women or all kinds of garbage it's, it's stuff that's not true that like faithful people who are struggling and working through scriptures um, but who recognize the heart of God are trying to figure out how this this document that's X thousands of years old is speaking true things in a way that we can otherwise recognize God's character I get it. The, but those are reasonable questions that if you think that people of faith are not thinking through those, you're sadly mistaken. You're, I don't know a man who doesn't go, hey, how should I understand this? But here's the thing. I think there's plenty of reason, totally reasonable answers here. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it's not like, oh, well, I can't put these two things together, so the thing's wrong. I, or, you know, the thing, though, is, is like I think almost everybody who's asking those questions has already been burned by a person representing Jesus, and then they, that's how they get there. Like, uh, hmm. Almost everybody I know that actually has a has an anger towards Christianity or a, 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 an offensive against Christianity always points back to it. Always turns out to be some person that they met at the church or the way the church handled something. The people handled something, right? And then they use that as the starting block to start gaining evidence against God, right? To take it up that Yahweh is the cause of whatever sin was committed against them in the church at some point. Like, it, it, but it almost always starts with. A Christian treated me poorly, and then I backfilled it with God sucks. So interestingly, there's, there was an article by uh, Robin Schumacher um, in, uh, at the Christian Post. It said, uh, eight years ago, well, I continue to, I'll just skip down in the middle here. I continue to see data suggesting that many people leave the church or consider it irrelevant because it fails to answer the tough questions that are thrown at it. I contacted the megachurch I go to about starting up an apologetics ministry. Because I'm formally trained in apologetics and theology, I offered to spearhead it and help train a volunteer staff who could serve as a group ready to answer people inside or outside the church who struggle with questions about Christianity. I spoke with five campus and connection pastors about it and also offered to teach formal culturally relevant classes at the church where these issues could be openly discussed. This time, I was the one who got the shrug of the shoulders response or simply ghosted on email. So earlier it said that uh, there was a friend of hers or something who was trying to make connections with, like, all the churches in the city to offer, like, a youth apologetics thing, and, like, nobody was interested. So she try, this person tries it again, and the same thing. The fact is it's ugly out there, and it's getting worse. Data from Barner Group has identified a number of disturbing trends that should cause all Christians concern. Gen Z teens are much less likely to assert religious identity than generations before them, with a rise in espoused atheism also being witnessed. Almost half of practicing Christian millennials believe that evangelism is wrong. That's bogus. Uh, we're skipping. Okay, you know what? I'm done with this article. Because we read that, and that wasn't, that wasn't the right context. And so, as an apologist, uh, if you're using that to try to get me to believe something, and I know that's not true, we're done with you. Okay. Uh, hey, you know on that's funny <laughs> about those articles. What is that? Is that once again they insinuate that these things are your problem, right? Like my problem. Well, like in general, you say, you say uh, when we were talking about about hybels, right? Like uh, or doing well. We're like these are these are we were doing well. We were making gains. They're yeah. God's gains. Right, like, and if 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 forty eight percent of the Gen Z whatever teens are don't blah 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 evangelism, automatically the church machine goes back to their their group and goes, we got to be more relevant. We got to figure out a way to, to straighten this up. We gotta we gotta come up with a new banner. We gotta get a new logo up and running. Right, <laughs> like we come up with all these stupid things. Right, and like it's always been the same thing. All the the, the thing is always the same thing. Right, like it's always doubling down on Jesus. And, 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 and watching him do things. And so, like, not to say that, like, uh, you can't double-check and make sure that your sermon series just haven't become some whitewashed tomb of a delivery system, right? But at the end of the day, um, it's it, they're God's people, right? And if you're following Jesus and your church is following Jesus, then it will invite other people to follow Jesus 
in the way that it works. Buva, what are your thoughts on that? So, I, well, I mean, I agree with it entirely. I think ultimately if we're trying to look at our outreach and figure out how we can be more relevant as a church and as an organization, instead of actually trying to figure out how we can be more relational with people um, and actually build people up, that's a problem. Uh, if we're focused on what our sign is, if we're focused on the newest building, if we're focused on what's our light show look like on Sunday morning, or do we have the most relevant band, or are we are we dealing with the most uh, most recent music that's come out? Like, are we are we doing that? That that was not a problem that was put out by by the church as it was intended. That was not an issue that was meant to be solved by by people trying to develop a, a show or an event for people to come to. Our job in in creating people that are that are well in in shepherding people that are on fire for Jesus is to literally live our lives the way that we're supposed to continually follow Christ ourselves push for that as best as we can be biblically sound together as communities and then people see that kind of stuff and they watch people that love Jesus truthfully and honestly and fully and then they can't help but go dude what is wrong with you why are you doing that? Francis Chan, why did you leave a mega church to go start house churches? And then why were you called again to move randomly to a small country in, in, in Asia uh, to do that when you, you were effective over here? Like, it's, it's confusing to yeah, people. Yeah, right. As far as we thought, he was making gains here. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that's the kind of thing we look at. We, we, see, we see what we think is effective. We see what we think is, is the right way to do things. And rarely ever do I see people truthfully seeking the heart of God through scripture and through prayer and through correct community. That's rarely happening. One of the, one of the three maybe. Prayer, okay. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of churches that are praying hard, and I'm not saying that's a problem. But is it backed up by you having a legitimate relationship with God that you're listening on and following on? Are you, are you finding yourself in a place where you're living out the way that the church uh, was called to be? When was the last time you as a church looked at what the church is supposed to be rather than what you think it needs to be? So let me ask you this, though, because like, um, like the church gets a lot of uh, internal, at least, conversation about not making Sunday morning a show, yeah. right? But, like, um, even the premise of it is set up that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. the stage is lit, Absolutely. the crowd is dark, 100%. Uh, the music shows up, then you go away, right. and then it's, you know, it's, the, and, and, like, we give you the donuts and the coffee, and, yeah. like, and you're quiet it's when you're supposed to be quiet. And so, like, is there, it, it can't all just be that. It can't be all just the way that we have it set up that's causing that, parts of that issue. I don't think it's actually causing that much of that issue. I think it lends to it. Right, yeah. It's a little right. bit, because, I mean, we do the exact same thing at a play or a, or a concert. We right? do It's not all the same way. Crowd's dark, show's light, yeah. wham, you know, we're good to go. And so it's almost a, a Pavlovian response in people that, like, hey, I'm here to be entertained, <laughs> you know? I think we try and develop the attraction of Jesus. Like, we, we are the ones who feel like we need to create the most attractive Jesus possible. By, by making that show, or even if it's not just the show on Sunday morning, if it's the church in general, how do we make ourselves more relevant and attractive to our community versus how do we just love our community? It's not about coming to our church, and it's not about coming to our building. It's not about coming to where we congregate. Go and do things. Focus on how you're loving your neighbor. Like legitimately, I'm not, I'm not just trying to call upon that scripture. The person who lives next to you, do you have any idea who they are? Have you spent any amount of time with them trying to get to know them? And I'm not talking about going over to their door, knocking on it, handing them a pie and going, Jesus loves you. 
No, seriously, get in the nitty gritty and be vulnerable with them and try and develop a serious relationship with them. If you are constantly trying to create relationships with people that are meaningful because all you can do is hold the candle and the flame of God's glory and the message of God and run with that in your life and are constantly trying to love people the way he did sincerely, which is a, a crazy and reckless love. I don't think we do that well. I, I think we, we, we come up with cool events and we come up with cool things and we even come up with cool ideas that are, hey, let's help the homeless or let's help the poor. Or let's put a, a, a clinic together, whatever. But if you're not living... Ideas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if you're not doing these things from the perspective of like, it's literally your day-to-day. It is your daily thing. It's not about what am I doing for the be- next big thing in three months. It is... When I walked out of my house this morning, was my heart for the people around me instead of myself? Was my heart for everyone on my block to recognize that I have uh, good news that is the message of Jesus Christ being a salvation that they can attain that I am currently holding on to? Why am I not running through my streets screaming that to people? Obviously not literally doing that. Don't do that. That's freaky. I'm not. But like, (laughs) cool. If that's what you want to do, awesome. Dan, cancel the, cancel the screaming when, for next week that you and I had planned. <laughs> when, 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 Christian, when, when Jesus is shown throughout the New Testament, throughout, throughout what we've seen in, in history, is people that are literally putting feet to the ground, that are constantly following Christ in their day-to-day, by themselves, their self, their family, they're developing that, they're developing a community around them, and then that group of believers is able to go out and, cha- and revolutionize things around them. Here, here's where I think we do though because i don't disagree with anything you're saying although what 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 we do anytime the more people are involved we institutionalize everything mm-hmm. and it's not yeah. you know a, you got to herd the cats yeah we we, we it suddenly it's a this is the process and this is how we do it mm-hmm. whether it's lights up or lights down or air conditioner on or off hard seats soft seats right homes right cathedrals i mean wherever it, we yeah. no matter there's yeah, a process we, we to it do everywhere it's our humanness or right. americanness i don't know what it is right. agreed um yeah and i think is how do you keep it fresh how do you keep it genuine because you can even i, I agree into, with that word yeah, genuine yeah, yeah. I, I, fresh even i'm not worried about genuine I'm, i care about bringing jesus can be institutionalized yeah you, of course yeah, i mean you know it's like oh right the, right the, the mormons are still knocking on doors and they're yeah, all saying yeah, the same yeah, yeah. same bike so it all starts from a good spot, but we just screw everything. Oh, up. yeah. That's no, human. I'm not saying the intention you know? is wrong. Right, you, right. This is where you so, need to listen to the prophet Tim Timmons, where he <laughs> says things. Oh, no. He says things like, love through me. Right? Like, a lot of it is on. This is, th- this is the problem. Like, when we talk about the Gen Z teens who don't know blah, 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 we start coming up with our own ideas. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's what we're going to do. Blah, 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 blah. And, like, at its core, you are a vessel for God's love to other people. Yeah. You're not... You're not producing the love, right? Right. This is where we tend to miss it, right? We like we have to produce bleh instead of saying God through me do this, right? Do whatever you want to do. I'll do whatever you're doing. You do it through me, mm-hmm. right? Then it stays genuine because it's God's in the first place. Yeah. It never was you, right? Like mm-hmm. here's the thing: is I know that I cannot conjure up a, a close, gritty relationship with my neighbors. I can't do it. I'm not designed for it. It's not my personality. I can't do it. But God through me can certainly do it. Yeah, absolutely. But I can't do it on my own. And so you'll get you'll get half the crowd that goes, I'm not doing that because that's not me. Right. And and, and the church, uh, when they're missing it slightly, will put it as a personal call on your life as if it's your job for you uh-huh. to go over and roust up your neighbors and get reach out to your community. And then what you have is a bunch of God's people going, I, you know, I, I don't I, no, 
I'm not designed for that. You know who's designed for that? Bill Hybels. Seems like he rocks <laughs> it, right? Like, I'm not designed for this, right? But then if you change it so it's, it's, a, it's a heart attitude, right, where you're like, look, uh, God, will you just love through me, right? Help love, love these people and do it through me. I'm open to it. Uh, you do it through me. Then it's not your problem. Because it's not you that's producing the love. The love is coming from Christ where, where it's supposed to be sourced. And I think it's a humility issue is what I actually, uh-huh. I really think yeah. that it boils down to. When we uh, started that church in Zimbabwe a few months ago, a part of the, part of the process was we had a revival this weekend and we fed, we said we're going to throw a feast and we want people to come uh-huh. to the feast, right? Yeah. And the church took that as like, awesome, we're getting a treat from the Americans. And I kept saying, no, this is for the community. You know, bring bring your friends, bring your neighbors. This is right. to bring people. We want to feed them some food, give them a good, honest meal, for, good, solid meal. Right, yeah. Because you haven't had one forever. And then they get to hear the gospel, too. And it was hard even there. You know, that, that's what's not, I can't even blame the Americans. No, just, it was hard even there for them to go, but this is, this is for us. <laughs> you, right. you know, like God has blessed us. God is, I mean, and they were so appreciative. And, and their hearts are so good. Of course. But even there, I was surprised to see there was a like a, a block. Like, well, they'll come at some point after we eat. <laughs> they haven't earned that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after we have a little I something. Mean. You know, so as you guys were talking, it made me think about even the crux of the story was, like, is it a problem that you have uh, 50% of Gen Z folks who go, look, the, 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 the church is irrelevant or Jesus is irrelevant Christianity is irrelevant. Yeah, that's a problem. But you notice we tend to try to solve it intellectually. That was the point this, this person was ultimately going to make, right? Like, we need to talk about more apologetics. Um, but here's the thing, is if you are seeing that in people around you, the lack of an answer to a big question doesn't cause you to say it's irrelevant. It's because you have no connection to it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are plenty of things, even within Christianity, where I'm like, God, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure I understand this well. And maybe it's something that I won't ever understand, or maybe it's something I'll get a little bit later. But, like, I'm not going anywhere because my relationship with God and the community he's surrounded me with and the notion of of, of, of true biblical word um, is something I'm very familiar with and I find reliable. And so the, the, the presence of those types of questions, the presence of a question is not indicative of a presence of a problem. The only time that you then blame that on Christianity and say, this is a problem that we can't answer this, is not because we're not, there isn't an answer, it's because there's no one there telling the answer. And it's the body that is way more of a problem than the words that support it. There's all kinds of people who know, uh, who aren't near as enlightened as myself and Buva, who like know 90% less of what I know about Scripture, and it does not bother them a wick. They don't care. Their love for Jesus, and like, and they're they're kicking tail out, serving people, uh, and probably shaming me in certain areas mm-hmm. of following Christ, right? And my knowledge, my my extra ninety percent, although it contributes to the way that my gig is to serve the kingdom, um, is not helping in those areas, and it's not necessary for those. But those guys, for lack of like, you can hey, what what about God and the Canaanites? They'd be low. Well, I know God is good. I've seen it, so I trust that He'd be good. I'm not satisfied with that answer, but part of my gig is to not be. <laughs> it's to try to understand and, and tell the story a little bit deeper and, and correctly. But, like, bless that man. <laughs> be, and it's not he's not going, oh, this is a problem. I'm leaving the church. And so I, we just need to be careful that when we look out of the world and go, look at all these problems that people are having connecting with their faith. 
It is 9 out of 10. I'm going to go 99 out of 100. It's the presence of a human loving and following Jesus in their life and not the intellectual answer uh, and not whatever other thing that they think the church is supposed to step up on a political message or how they're, how they're uh, working in the funding of whatever organization you love or don't love. I'm just telling you that the presence of a, of a faithful Christian in their life is the thing that changes that conversation from a nun to I have questions. And so as we look at ourselves as a body, as a faithful followers of Jesus, and we look at our communities around us and we go, dude, what should we do as a church? If it means, hey, we need more answers and we don't have bodies to share them, then no, you've, you, I think you've missed the boat here. The answers will come. God will provide answers. But he's already providing people. The question is, are we being faithful to the call to be the people to do it? And I think that's, that's more the risk than everything else. We don't need more. It's not another sermon series. It's not another apologetics ministry. It's not necessarily better hands out some flyers or free Bibles. Um, you, you, you solve the people problem first. I'll, we'll figure out the Bibles. We'll get more Bibles. No problem. <laughs> the word of God will preach. I'm not, I'm not worried about that at all. That's true. It spread like wildfire with very little little Bibles. That's what I'm saying. Uh, back in the day. The, 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 what, what did Jesus say? The harvest is plentiful. The Bibles are few. The harvest is plentiful. The answers are few. Yeah, it was second hesitations. The harvest is plentiful. <laughs> the, the workers are few. It's, a peop- all, it's always a people problem. And here's the deal. We should expect no less. The Lord creates the world, and he goes, I'm going to send my co-manager. I'm going to send the person who is to represent me in the world. My image, my idol, is, is, is what I will create to rule over the earth. The Lord is always about handing out a responsibility to humans, creators, image, and likeness to do as he would do. And so uh, do, not, do not try to turn that over to a sense of an idea or a sense of an advertisement or whatever. And here's the thing. The people problem, you, you solve the people problem. I, 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 don't, I don't give a flying whip what you're doing on a Sunday morning, to be honest. I don't care your format. I don't care how many songs you play. I don't care whether you meet in the house or whether you meet in the life. Giant church got 50,000 people in. Don't care. If, if, if the people thing is being solved and the people thing gets solved when we preach true things and we pray faithfully and the Holy Spirit does the work, right? So it's, it's, all, it's all bundled in that. But, like, that's where the format becomes way, um, irrelevant to me because none of those things preclude people being faithful to Jesus when the thing is over. No, that's true. Everyone, I mean, I mean, you got a problem like if, if they have the people problem handled and a guy goes, man, we like to do lots of fog at our place. Cool. That sounds sweet. Fog it up, man. I don't <laughs> we care. like to have six conga players. I love six conga players. I think that sounds great, right? Just like one family tends to have Taco Tuesday night, all churches look like they're doing this crazy thing different. And, like, it doesn't actually matter. Nobody actually cares. We spend all our money on speakers. I think that was dumb. But I'm glad you love it, <laughs> right? We're still preaching Jesus, and people are still out there loving other people. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's exactly what we want. No, so that, that's the question, though, is that, like, um, do, would I, of all the things that I don't count as a pastor, I don't count attendance, I don't count money, I don't count, like, things that otherwise uh, we, we uh, I, nobody wants to be counting, but frankly, you just end up doing it. Um, what, I, what I do care about is the engagement of people. Mm-hmm. Are our people engaged? Are right. and not on Sunday morning. I, I mean, whatever you may or may not listen to me. That's you talk. Take that up with the Lord. I have a job. Uh, <laughs> past that, I'm, that's not really my responsibility. But like, um, are people getting involved in other people's lives? Right. Are, are we doing the people thing? And if we're not doing the people thing, then maybe what I'm teaching isn't right. <laughs> Right? Maybe what we're, how much time we're spending in prayer on a Sunday morning isn't right. Maybe how I'm encouraging you and leading you as a pastor is not right. That's a gauge for me. Past, like all the other stuff are intangibles, but people's, because I think almost all these things are people problems. 
And so that, and they get solved by people actively engaging in the work of Jesus, being Jesus to a world that needs it. And then a lot, it's weird to say, look, the, the truth of the Bible is peripheral. I mean, it's not because that's how I understand who Jesus is. But to be honest, uh, people work is what leads to you being able to communicate the truth of the Bible. It just is. Uh, and, and the people are willing to listen to that conversation because you're doing people work. And so uh, I, don't pri- I don't say people work is, is, is stronger than spiritual work. That's where you get into weird people who are talking where so the, the, the prime banner of the church is social justice. I think the church should be all about social justice. I think you should care for the environment. I think you should otherwise help people in need. I think you should care that people are being mistreated and justice is being done. Absolutely. I'm in. Uh, but the people of Jesus should be on that anyway. We should be on the welfare problem. We should be on uh, uh, out-of-control Medicare costs. We should be on it, and, and not through the means of what you think. <laughs> we should just be on it. And so, but w- what do we lack? Uh, we don't lack words. People talk about that crap all the time. We lack initiative. We lack body. We lack boldness. We lack putting our time and money and faith into the things that Jesus otherwise might want done so they may reflect the world, his image and likeness, uh, and know that he is good and that people are saved. And uh, if if we can't manage the world in that way, that's where we're biffing it. Everything else is the the secondary thing, and it's important things. Don't hear me wrong. Um, But, like, if if we're not hitting that thing, I I feel like the other stuff, you're you're probably spinning your wheels because you may have all the right answers, but no one's willing to listen to you. It didn't do you any good. You ready? I'm ready. Dear Life from the Path, I need some help. A terrible car accident happened in front of my house a few months ago that resulted in the death of a husband and father. The family comes out every Sunday to place flowers at the accident site, which is my front yard. Oh, no. At first, I had no problem with them expressing their grief and tried to console the widow every time I saw her. The problem is, she has gradually added to the area a memorial stone, an angel statue, vases, and some of her husband's belongings. My front yard is beginning to look like a graveyard, a tacky one. Now she's asking to place a protective shelter over the site. I don't know how to respond. My husband is threatening to go and pull everything up as it is. To add the stress of all this, another fatal accident occurred last month, resulting in the death of a 22-year-old. He was the son of one of my children's teachers. I can't imagine what she must be feeling right now, passing our home and seeing the graveyard out front. It must be heartbreaking. We live on a dangerous road, and we are petitioning for changes, but I don't want to make our front yard a spectacle. Grieving in the Midwest. That is difficult. (laughs) Yeah, at the beginning, I was totally all for, hey, you should just be a nicer person. Yeah. But like as it continued, the shel- yeah. it was the shelter. Yeah, it was the tabernacle that it did it. It was totally it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And this is on their property or just outside their property? Looks like it was on their, their property. I think it's on. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are problems you're just not prepared for. What do you live on, dead man's curb? <laughs> why? <are> people, <laughs> right. Why? Walking two around? people have died on your street. Holy cow. Okay. How long has it been? Months. Months has been. A year. I'd say I'd say give it a year and then cut it off. And say hey. Sorry. Yeah, a few months ago is when the accident happened. Right. I, that's, I'd communicate that's with them. Would you let her build the shelter in the interim? I don't think so. Yeah. I say that having it not actually you know, taking place in my life right now. It would be difficult to say no. It'd be really I hard. think I would feel like a real jerk face. But, well, I, well, okay. So let, let me, let me just tease this out just a bit. So... The the one lady finds solace in the, the 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 vases and the marker and whatever. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that says that the teacher whose son died would not otherwise like people do that all the time on roads. They right. they put up the crosses and stuff. And some have obviously been there a long time. And so uh, I don't I don't know that I would worry so much about that. 
like the, she's, second, the second person's reaction. That's right. She's devastated. That teacher's yeah. devastated because her kid is dead, not because. And it's not right. like she needs that memorial to go, oh, yeah, I had a son that recently yeah. died. I, she's thinking about it all the time. So I get it. There's a practicality to it, but I, I wouldn't sweat that so much. I think the, the, the core question is, um, and you don't have the relationship with this woman to speak something helpful to her life like, hey, man, you might be overdoing it in this area. Like, I'm not sure it's healthy for you to have pitched a tent Jonah style yeah. over this thing. Um, I mean, we let we um, do we generally let grief play out in any healthy way that it can. Right, like yeah. this is not a destructive way. It's obviously right. yeah. memorializing. It's it's uh, it's over the top, right, from an outsider's perspective. But like, it's not harming them. It's not harming you, really. It is ugly, but I mean, okay, I know, I know what I would do. Here's okay, my Dan's official ready. advice. Okay, All right, I, I would I would call a meeting and, and get this family here and say I am I uh, I fully appreciate and I am sorry for your loss. And I would bring in a landscaper and say, let's design together. This is our property, by the way. But I also want to honor this person's life. Mm-hmm. Can you help me? Let's create a permanent something that in my property I can appreciate, but you can also appreciate That's in fair. memory of your... That's a great idea. Let's set out a rock yeah. garden or and something. And we'll have yep. a landscape That is person. the most generous, loving thing yeah. I could think of to do. Because I need to be able to live here. Yeah. Right. And you need to be able to honor well, your and remember right. your... And if it's, a, if it's a nicely trimmed hedge or something opposed to flowers that keep going bad, right. and garbage and LED lights and whatever, yeah. you Something know. that can stand. Yeah, that's a well, I think solution. there's something cool to be said about that too. Is you're building a relationship with that person, right? Right. Like you said, I don't have the relationship to talk to that person. Right. Go, hey, build it. Mm-hmm. I know, and I I know that I'm I'm advocating for something that's not that cut and dry and easy. But like, mm-hmm. that's a that's an easy way to, or that's an interesting way to do it. It's like, hey, it's a conversation. Say, hey, I will have the final say. It's my property, but I really want your input. Yeah, actually, and I'm honor your love. Yeah, time. we'd love to set something up for him. We're we're it's so terrible. Yeah. Get the mom in on it, too. I like that. I like that, Dan. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'll be here all day. (laughs) Okay, let's see what Secular says. Secular says, you are obviously a caring person, or you wouldn't have allowed this situation to have gone as far as it has. It won't be a pleasant conversation, but the time has come for you and your husband to talk with the widow together and explain that while you sympathize with her devastating loss, you prefer your yard not to be used this way. You have that right. It's private property. Suggest to her that there may be some other way to memorialize her husband, but you need the stone and other objects removed within a reasonable time frame. You, all, you may also want to check with your local officials to see what the laws are about this. Yeah. Yep. Call Let, in the government. Exactly. Yep. Bring let's in the old the, constable. Let's get the five zero on it. <laughs> Lady just lost her husband. Would just well write her up for citation. Wasn't it husband and son? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I think it was a husband and father, so it was oh, the same okay, guy. Gotcha. Me- okay, got it. Your oh, memorial man. is gaudy and outside of code. See, oh, once again, man. I called the city planner. He's not excited about the usage and zoning. <laughs> this is a people problem. Sorry for your love. This tabernacle is not specifically okay. Uh, it needs to have four specific walls and an entrance and a fire extinguisher. We cannot do <laughs> yeah. anything one-to-one anymore. We crowdsource everything. Yep. Right? Like, hey, I need to go talk to this lady about putting these statues on my lawn. I'm going to bring some back up with the law. Right? Like, you just can't have a reasonable car. Let's Now, after after it went poorly, then you're like, okay, you know. Like what's the what's the the Christians who ain't following no more, right? You do a one on one, they don't listen to you. You get a couple more dudes, right. they don't listen to those guys. You get everybody, right? Like it's an it's an escalation, but like we can't do that. There's people that can't decide what restaurant to go to without crowdsourcing Snapchat. Hey man, what restaurant should I go to? <laughs> Seriously, how did you get your shoes on? Hey, don't you right? Judge like me. <laughs> I, I just I, I don't understand how you can have. I, I I think it leads to just this massive insecurity all the time. If I don't ask everybody, I will land on a thing that's no good. 
And the point is, is like the thing that you land on is good because you landed on it. It was good enough, right? Like, but like you don't want to be missing out on this or that or whatever. Some guy knows one thing and the bouncer that lives over here and he'll get you the table by the plants or whatever stupid thing you think you're missing out on. I think it's like it's it's way over the top. People won't do nothing on their own. Hey, I, I went to go talk to the neighbor. Their dog was pooping in my yard. I said, hey, man, we got to put the end to this. Oh, man, sorry, that dog's rambunctious. Okay, I'm on it. I'll take care of it. Done. But yeah. they don't. They're like, we got. I called the sheriff, and me and the sheriff went over there, and we wrote them a note, and we sent them emails and whatever. It's terrible. I just don't understand it. It's it's ridiculous. It's so weird, right, that, that like, the fear of missing it's, – it's ironic, I guess, that the fear of people are constantly missing out uh, based upon their – fear of regret of missing out right like i don't want to miss out on the best thing and so i'm going to crowdsource the thing and try to get this opinion and that opinion and i might miss out on having actually done the thing at all because i was waiting to hear what everyone else was going to do or what they think i should do Mm. all right so yeah that was terrible advice yeah yeah i mean talk to the lady i like that but like i mean how callous is to go it's been enough time i mean that's i mean i can't imagine five years 10 years 20 years is enough time to have lost your spouse in a way that was unexpected. Right. Right? It's not enough time. Yeah. And so that's a bad premise. I, I, Dan's, Dan's done a beautiful thing here. I agree. That's fantastic. All right. You want to do one more? Yeah. No, that's it. Dear life from the path, my father, although a well-meaning and caring man, often speaks before he thinks. <laughs> the way he phrases things can come up across as harsh, uncaring, or rude. Uh-huh. This guy seems all right. <laughs> I say, is this one of your daughters? Mike? <laughs> <laughs> My husband is a sensitive person who was badly bullied in his youth, yep, so he Mike. doesn't feel comfortable around my father and takes most things he says as insults. I've tried talking to both of them without success and even involved my stepmom. My father and stepmom are coming for are coming for a visit, and I can't get it through my father's or my husband's heads that the only way, way for them to get on the same page is to talk. My husband can't understand why I see common ground between him and my father, and my father is too oblivious to realize the depth of the problem. The two most important men in my life cannot communicate. What can I do? Wow. I'm, I'm confused. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not really much you can the do. The father's a, he's a, he's a, a sharp, handsome guy that speaks his mind. Okay, he's sharp all right. Sharp and handsome. The husband is a sensitive person who was badly bullied in his youth, so he doesn't feel comfortable around my father and takes most things he says as insults. I mean, you explained the problem right there. He's taking things as insults, whether they were meant as insults or yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, you know, we call things as you see them. Dude says and go, hey, sir, that was offensive. And just, but just you don't have to internalize it. You can recognize offensive things without them applying to you. Hey, yeah, that, that's not true about me. It's weird that you would say that. So, like, this, this is the Even hard if thing. It is true. Deal with it. It's okay. <laughs> this is the hard thing to explain you to your kids, right? Like, like you have a, yeah. They ride home on the bus, and there's this kid on the bus who's just a constant jerk. He's just an absolute jerk. At the age of like five, he's a terrible kid. You know, just causing all kinds of ruckus. And like the kids say. He's bad, he's mean, he's mean to me. And then as a parent, you're like, now listen, people don't just, they don't just have this, right? Like most people who are, what, what, what's Dan always say? Hurting people hurt people, right? And so like they're, most of this is sourced from somewhere. So you have to try to get above the situation, take yourself out of it, and look at the person and go, this is probably why they're acting the way that they are. Um, I need to have some grace for this, right? But the problem is, is if you do that, uh, in an adult context, it makes it feel like you're the better person, <laughs> right? Because you're looking, you're analyzing the other person instead of and instead of taking them at just face value as two people have a relationship. You're saying, I can see above this. I can see what you are and how you got there. And I'm going to try to change the way that I interact with you based on that. 
So the dad, the oblivious dad with the big mouth, um, he doesn't get to just be that way because that's how he's always been, right? Like uh, you can take into account that like the husband's a little sensitive. Uh, you got to just watch what you say, right? Like there's no reason for your your ways to be just accepted, and he has to grow to that. But on the other hand, the husband has to look at it the exact same way. That guy's a little bombastic. He's probably not meeting to bust your chops. He just talks to everybody that way. And so you're you're taking it in too heavy. And so if they're not willing to do that, young lady, uh, you're stuck between two stubborn men. And I, I'm not sure you're going to mend that fence, right? They're just both being stubborn Is at the end of the day. They're right. stuck in their ways. Yeah. I want to be sensitive. I want to be a brash dude that just says whatever the heck I want. And I'm not willing to move either way. I want to be insulted. You know, yeah. like you're basically begging for it, right? This is probably weighs more on the sensitive guy than the other guy. The other guy is just what he is, right? And yeah. I guess the sensitive guy is too, but he just needs to grow up here and just like, you know what? I just, yeah, you just have to learn how to not let stuff bother you. But still, she can't do that for him, right? Yeah, we, we had a, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, a family member came to church with some family from an extremely hardcore conservative church background and uh this guy managed to you know survive through our you know liberal music with drums and and uh our just you know our they survived everything right uh and, and at the end of the service he came to me and said you're ashamed of jesus and uh, I, I which at the time I was talking to someone about their relationship with Jesus, which was interesting. Right. And, and um, and I and he said, yeah, he he did finish. It. He said, you're ashamed of Jesus. His name's not on your sign. And uh, he was trying to get me mad. You know, he was trying to hurt my feelings, do something to somehow get. And I'm just kind of smiling. I said, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who would you know have a different uh, opinion of that. And. No, you're ashamed of Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And, and I just turned away and kept talking to this gal, and he finally got frustrated and left. It's like, later on, uh, they were like, did, did, did my dad, you know, attack you? And I said, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess he thinks so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it sounded like he gave it a shot. <laughs> and someone else was saying, he goes, oh, Dan, Dan he, he can handle that stuff. <laughs> you know, it was like, I mean, I, it was funny and sad, you, you know, but it didn't affect me. Uh, there's a lot of people it would affect, and, and it, they got to learn to not let it affect them. I guess that's my whole point of that story. Right. Is, is that was on me? That was on me to decide if that was going to ruin my day or or ruin my life, or all of a sudden, oh, everything I've done is terrible. I'm ashamed of Jesus, or say this guy's man, he's a little cranky and probably needs to eat. Yeah, I, I, you know, right. I mean, maybe I'm the sensitive guy. That would wreck me. Yeah, I mean, Booba, you don't have to date every Jack and Ape <laughs> that shows up at the door. I mean, to date it? What? If they, they knock on the door and says, "Hey, you want to go out?" No. I choose not to go out with you. You're difficult, and I don't. Uh, I don't give that any credence. Yeah, fair That's what's like, pe- people offering. Like yeah. uh, they, um, we misunderstand a conversation. Uh, when people start talking to you, it's an offer. It's an offer to to, <laughs> to take that uh, to take that in. Do you want to dance? Yeah, that's no? right. Oh no. man, no, uh, my dance, dance card's full with people who aren't <laughs> nuts. I, I I I feel like I've developed my personality to be something that's so extroverted that I can't even imagine what that's like. <laughs> and it's it's one of the total pitfalls that would wreck me. But yeah, no, absolutely. I, and it's funny because people make fun of me all the time, and it doesn't bother me. Yeah. For some reason, that would just mess with me. I don't know. Well, well, I mean, there's enough evidence to say I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> that, yeah, you know. I, I'm not. I'm not sensitive. Like people call me fat on a daily basis. Like people have literally tr- like driven up to me to call me fat before. <laughs> hey. It's really funny. I've been I've been working out on the like walking, and people will pull up to me 
and be like, hey, man, what's up, fatty, fatty, no friends? And I'm like, hey, buddy. I'm going to flip my your friend. car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, you know that I'm bigger than your vehicle? Yeah, you're calling me fat. I could flip it. <laughs> like, we could do this if you'd like to. And that wouldn't bother me. But like, man, who knows me? Uh, well, crazy. I'm glad it didn't. Boy, it really is. It's, it's more sad than anything, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right? Like, I can sum up your entire relationship with Jesus based on whether you wrote the Americanized English version of Jesus on your right. side. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, Jesus was the real name. Come on, man. Uh, oh, we better do secular advice. I'm sure it'll be harsh interested and to hear this. not caring at all. <laughs> uh, dear everybody, secular says, continue to encourage them to talk to each other, but if you're not successful, accept that your father is an insensitive loose cannon who won't change. Limit your parents' visits and keep them short. Oh, boy. When you know they're scheduled to be in town, help your husband to plan out, plan to be out of the house as often oh, as possible. Geez. And if that doesn't work, arrange to visit your parents alone rather than have them visit you. Yeah, because, of course, that's conducive for a great marriage. Absolutely. Hey, my parents are coming into town. Don't you got a bowling league to be in? See ya. <laughs> as much as you might want the two men in your life to get along, it just may not be possible. P.S. If the bullying your husband experienced as a child has affected his other relationships as an adult, he should consider getting therapy. It might change his life for the better. I, I mean, that's, I don't that's probably true. with that statement. Because yeah. yeah. the fact is, I mean, he, he, it's going to wreck him. Yeah. yeah. And, and so she knows her husband well enough to go, it's wrecking my husband. It's like, as much as I think that's bad advice, it's like you can't tell him to just suck it up and take it because it's going to ruin the rest of his, his right. next week, you know. I mean, to be fair, I know some loose cannons. Uh, they appreciate other loose cannons. Yeah. Right? Why don't you just call your dad up and be like, Dad, you got to shut up, man. You're, right. you're way too much. Oh, that's totally fair. You're slaying the room. Yeah. You're making my husband feel like crap, and frankly, you're causing me a bunch of grief. Quit that's it. fair. Yeah. Shut up, old man. He'd go, oh, man, your husband's kind of a wiener, but I suppose I can try to tone it down. See, like that, Dad. you got to tuck that up. You can't say crap like that. Otherwise, I'm going to have to limit the amount of time we spend together. Oh, I don't want that. Well, then shut up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I've heard people have all kinds of uh, complaints about some kind of person who's, like, set in their ways. But, like, part of that is because you tolerated them being set in their ways. Right. Uh, just be, be clear that you're not required to tolerate them, and, like, everybody can freaking change. You ever, here's the deal. You ever met a guy, someone who's been married twice? Like, they got married, and then they married someone else. Now, uh, especially if it's, if it's someone who's married for, like, a long time and they married somebody else, like, parts of them change. They change. They picked up somebody else, and uh, there's aspects of their behavior that starts to shift. And so this old dog, new trick thing, not true. Not true. You, they, can, they can behave differently. And, like, just who I am is garbage. That's garbage. And so, uh, yeah, just, you just don't a have to accept that. Yeah. Yeah. Just get a little bit of a, a, little bit of a tease. Dead? Yep, $18 yeah. on the net. Why did it make the wind noise? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to do a shot. That's not noise. a shot collar, Dan. <laughs> That's a whoopee cushion. <laughs> <It's> a, oh. <laughs> no it's wonder not, my, my, dog, my dog has no respect for me. <laughs> I thought they were connected. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've been listening to Life from the Path. Hey, things you might call the complaint land on this week. 515-517-00851. Perhaps you love the get and go. That's a personal problem, but I'd like to know about it. We can pray about it. Yeah. Uh, or you think there's a better uh, gas station than uh, than the Quick Star? I mean, fight me. Call it five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Second of all, maybe we got this people thing wrong, right? We need to double up on the apologetics or whatever. Like, I'd be interested. Like, are, are you seeing this in your church? Do you feel like you're getting this right? And also, personally, like, if you need some prayer on this people thing, because like it's so easy to farm it out. It's so easy to, to point somebody else to it and say, "Well, my church is doing it." Bogus. We got to do it. And so uh, maybe you're interested in that. Uh, also, maybe we've given terrible advice. You think we should allow them to, you know, do a feast of booze out there on, on the headstone and uh, otherwise uh, n- not rebuke the dad. Yeah. Whatever. 
you think we got it wrong, let us know. 515-517-0085. In the meantime, while you're out there snuffing your complaints up, uh, go leave some reviews on your favorite podcast app, okay? iTunes, uh, you know, whatever the Android platform is, Google Play. Just say, look, I dig on life for the path. Five stars. Yeah. That's what I want. We really can't accept. Can we make it so you can only choose five stars? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Boy, that'd be great. I know. I love that. Yeah. 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 It's a failed we'll system, really. Yeah. Anybody else? If you, In fact, if you're considering voting for five or less than five, I need to talk to you first. Like, something about your life ain't going right. Uh, you've been listening to Live and Path. We'll see you within a few weeks. Thanks for listening. In the meantime, be faithful means God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. Yeah.